Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning as we read the Word of God together. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 3, a verse that you're very familiar with. One of the things I know about Scripture, Scripture is just pregnant with possibilities. There are just so many great things. How many of you know the, the Bible is called the living word? And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. I want to talk to you this morning about being stuck. Anybody ever been stuck before? Stuck at the gate, Acts chapter 3, verse 1, Peter and John were going to the house of God, which was the temple in that day. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it was the time of prayer. Each day a certain man was carried to the beautiful gate of the house of God. This man had never been able to walk. He was there begging for money from those who were going in. Let's pray. Father, we're asking you to take your word and apply it to our hearts. Our ears are open, our heart is receptive, and Lord, speak to us today in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. When Matt and Aaron were smaller, we would take them to McDonald's and we would buy Happy Meals, and I think they were more interested in the, uh, the prize than the burger inside, and so we would sometimes go inside and we would eat, and if you remember the old uh, McDonald's, how many of you are old enough to remember the old location? If some of you are afraid to hold up your hand, <laughs> but that's okay. And uh, there was a playground out in front of the old location, and the boys would go out in front of the playground and they would play. And, and one day Matt ran up and he said, uh, Mom, Dad said Matthew's in trouble. His head is stuck between the bars of the fence. So I don't know how, but he got his head wedged in between the bars and being the hulkster that I am, uh, I went out there and tried to pry them uh, apart and we did get them, uh, uh, you know, far enough apart where he could get his head out. And they, they had a playground there that had the kind of the rocket ship uh, looking thing in front where they could crawl up in the top of it. And so Matt later crawled up in the top of that thing and it was time for us to go. I went out and I said, Matt, it's time for us to go. And he said, Dad, I'm not ready to go. I want to play longer. Well, I said, no, we, we need to go. I, 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 I'm ready to go and Aaron's ready and Mom's ready. And he said, no, I, I'm not coming down. I want to play longer. Well, I can't fit up in there. I, I can't get him out. I'm trying to bribe him, and he won't come out. Well, Matt forever has been afraid of clowns. And so that day, they were having a birthday party inside, and someone was dressed up like Ronald McDonald. So I said, Matt, if you don't come down, I'm going to go get the clown. I threatened him with a clown. Probably warped him for the rest of his life. But he, he bailed down, and... And he got out. You know, whether you get your head stuck at a fence or stuck up in the playground, sometimes we just get stuck. And if you've ever been there, it's not a good place. This guy is not in a very good place. Can I hear an amen? You know, back in October of 2016, Carrie and I went to Hawaii. It was our first time to be there. It was a great trip, beautiful. We have a picture up here. This is... Uh, 
We're, we're almost, well, I took the picture almost the top of Diamond Head. Carrie's at the top of Diamond Head. But if you were here when I talked about this, uh, we're going up to Diamond Head. And uh, it, it's humid. It's hot. I'm out of shape. Carrie's in good shape. She shinnies up the top of Diamond Head. And, and I, I'm struggling. I mean, I'm sweating. I can't hardly breathe. Little girls in Pokemon T-shirts are passing me. And so I said, okay, I'm going to stop. And I was probably 50, 100 feet from the top. I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm going up there. So I took this picture. And it's beautiful. You see Waikiki Beach and all the hotels and, and the blue water. And, I mean, it's just beautiful in Hawaii. But while we were there, I saw homeless people there. I saw people sleeping on the streets. There were people that were hooked on drugs and alcohol, people that were just crazy. The, the traffic is horrible. People trying to pay very high cost of living there. You can be in a beautiful place and have an ugly problem. This guy that we're talking about is at a beautiful gate, but he has an ugly problem. How, how many of you know sometimes all of us can be at a beautiful place, but we can have an ugly problem? And sometimes nobody knows what our problem is. This guy every day is carried to the beautiful gate, the gate called beautiful, and it's called the gate called beautiful. And we think, we think, your attention please, we think it is the gate that separates the court of the Gentiles going into the temple area. We have kind of a diagram, if you will, in, in my mind I do, and let me share it with you. We, we have the, the, the general area where you come into Jerusalem. There's several gates. There's the beautiful gate inside that we're talking about, but outside in the, the walls of the city, you have the Golden Gate or the Eastern Gate. You have the Damascus Gate. I mean, there's a lot of gates, but when you get into the temple area, they have the court of the Gentiles, so anybody could come up into that area if you're a Gentile, but you're restricted. So we think that the gate that goes in, if you were an Israelite or a Hebrew, a worshiper of Jehovah, this gate, Josephus said, is about 75 feet tall. It has Corinthian bronze on it. It is garnished with gold and silver. It is the most massive gate in the temple area as far as going in. So therefore, because of its beauty, its cost, how big it is, it is called what? The beautiful gate. And every day, this guy who is a cripple is laid there and he comes to the beautiful gate. You can be at a beautiful place and have an ugly problem. Correct? I mean, we all can. You know, some people look at other people and they think they've all got it together. Have you ever looked at a couple and said, this is a beautiful couple? I bet they don't even have to use deodorant. I mean, this is a beautiful couple. They live in a beautiful home. They have a beautiful lawn. It's landscape beautiful. They have a beautiful car. They have beautiful children. They have beautiful teeth. They have beautiful hair. I'll, I'll preach to these people over here. Okay. So, so these people are just beautiful people. Matter of fact, it's almost like we just described Ken and Barbie. And so, all of a sudden, you're looking at Ken and Barbie. I mean, these people are just perfect, right? I mean, they just have a perfect life. But maybe they have some ugly problems that we don't know about. I, I think maybe Ken's having trouble at work. He's having trouble paying the mortgage. And he uh, has some anger issues. And at times, he looks at things on his computer he shouldn't look at. And... You know, Barbie was introduced in 1959, so in 59 years, she's been taking diet pills. And uh, <laughs> she looks really good. 
but we may not know that she's battling depression and maybe she wants to have a baby and she can't have a baby and, and, and there's some other issues going on there that we don't know about. They're beautiful people, but sometimes beautiful people can have an ugly problem. Maybe they mentioned divorce. Uh, I don't know if Ken and Barbie would ever do that. And maybe it's not even about them, right? Maybe Ken's dad is diagnosed with cancer or Barbie's mom has got some issues with Alzheimer's. You can be beautiful but still have some ugly problems. And all of us have been there. Nobody knew what the problem was and maybe we did try to cover it up but it's an issue that sometimes we can be in a beautiful place, beautiful people, beautiful surroundings but have some ugly problems. This guy in the Bible, Acts 3, is an invalid. He's crippled. He's never walked. He's stuck. He doesn't know what it's like to walk. He doesn't know what it's like to take a stroll on the beach or go to the park or dig his toes into the sand or feel the surf go over his ankles. He doesn't know what it's like to go on a picnic. He's never kicked a soccer ball. He's never punted a football. He's never bounced a baby on his knee. This guy has some issues, right? And he's got some things that he's never experienced in his life. He's never jumped into a pool. He's never swam down a river. He's a cripple. He's an invalid. He's never walked. And every day he's laid at a beautiful place, but he has an ugly problem. I want to give you some observations this morning. If you have a pencil and paper, I want you to write them down. Here's number one, verse two. He was carried there. Say that with me. He was carried there. Let's say it again. He was carried there. The only reason he got that far is somebody helped him. The only reason he got that far is somebody carried him there daily. Thank God for people who help us. Thank God for people who have carried you, people who have fostered you and nurtured you and got you to where you are. Thank God for people who come along and help us move closer and get further in life. But ultimately... You have to take responsibility for your life. Ultimately, you have to move yourself forward. And and let's put it this way. We all have parents sometimes that help us. Some of you didn't have that so much. But if you have a parent that got you up in the morning, your alarm clock didn't work. I mean, it worked, but you know what I'm saying. Mom had to go get you up. Somebody say amen. amen. You're not that holy. You know, when we were growing up on the farm and the ranch, Dad would come in and tell us, boys, it's time to get up and go to work. We worked every Saturday. Uh, we, we worked uh, in the mornings before we went to school. There were animals to feed. There were sometimes cows to milk. And Dad would only tell you to get up one time. He was a one-time guy. And if you did not get up the one time he said, boys, it's time to get up, he would come in with a pitcher of water and he would throw it on you in the bed. And let me tell you, immediately you're up. And it didn't just take one or two times. How many of you know, when you heard his voice, you come a-calling. Sometimes parents get us up, they dress us, they pack our lunch, they send us to school, they drive us, they get us to our sports events, right? They help us to go to college, they buy us a car, but ultimately there's got to be a point you take responsibility. Listen, you don't want to be 40 years old living in your parents' basement. And if you are, God bless you. I mean, stop playing the video games. Get up. Go apply for a job. There's got to be a point. You've got to move forward. People can only carry you so far. 
Mom can wash your clothes and she can comb your hair and she can lay everything out on your bed and they can make it up after you leave. But there's got to be a point you get up and you move forward. The second one was he, he was carried to the beautiful gate. Not only did someone get him there, but he only got that far. The beautiful gate was as far as he could go. Now, there's only so far you can go with some problems. Until you correct the problem, you can't go any further. In Leviticus chapter 21, the Bible says that the seed of Aaron, if they had some issues, like if they were blind or lame or crippled or have other issues, they could not come into the temple area. Did you know that? That people who had some type of malady or deformity or problem, they were denied access. This guy can only go so far. His problem has given him limitations. His problem limited how far he could go. Here's the third observation. He was stuck in an unending routine. Every day was the same. Look at the scripture. Daily he was laid there. Say that with me. Daily he was laid there. How often? Every stinking day. This is Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. Every day is the same, right? Get up. I'm dependent on somebody to carry me. They can only carry me so far. They lay me every day at the beautiful gate. Next day, pick me up, carry me to the beautiful gate, lay me down. Next day, pick me up, carry me to the beautiful gate, lay me down. Next day, next day, next day, next day. Every day was the same. Verse 2, daily he was laid there. Every day is the same. You know, if every day is the same, you can start losing your passion. You can start losing your dream. You quit expecting. Your future begins to fade and your hope starts slipping away. And you start, you start dreading tomorrow because tomorrow looks like yesterday. And uh, yesterday looked like the day before and tomorrow's going to look like today. And it's just the same repetition over and over and over. We don't watch it. I get up. I have the same breakfast. I, I have the same routine. I drive the same way to work. I listen to the same thing on the radio. I go through my day. I go to the same place for lunch. I go through the afternoon. I come home. I eat the same thing for supper. I go to bed at the same time. I get up tomorrow at the same time. Goodness gracious. How many of you know sometimes we can get in an awful routine? And we just go over and over and over and over. Nothing wrong with some of that. But sometimes if every day looks like the next day and the next day and the next day, we begin to lose something in our life. This guy is stuck in an unending, everlasting, seemingly routine. Every day seems to be the same for him. Tomorrow's going to be just like today. Here's the fourth thing. He has become a person who only has a second-hand experience with the things of God. A second-hand experience with the things of God. Notice this. Picture in your mind, court of the Gentiles. A Gentile can come. Anybody can come in that area. But they're at the beautiful gate. This gate that's 75 feet tall, Corinthian brass, ornate with gold and silver. Josephus said that gate was so large it took 20 men to shut it and open it. That's a big gate. That's a heavy gate. That's why they called it the beautiful gate. To open the doors of that gate, it took 20 men to get on one side of the door to push it open or to shut it back. And this guy's laid there 
every day at the beautiful gate and he probably could not hear the priest teach. He could not see the priest go in to the holy place. On the Day of Atonement, certainly he could not see the high priest go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil. If there was the Shekinah glory of God, he couldn't see it. I'll tell you why. Because he's outside what? The beautiful gate. He's outside the court of the women. He's outside of the court of the men. He's outside of the court of the priest. And certainly he's outside of the holy place. And certainly he's outside of the holy of holies. Amen. That's how far he is. So the only experience he has with God is a second-hand experience. Pastor, what does that mean? He only heard them as they went home and said, Man, that was a great service today. Man, the music was good. The singing was good. I mean, everybody was friendly. I mean, God moved today and he could only hear it as people, what? Left the temple area. You know what it'd be like? Your attention, please. It would be like if we laid you down at the granite entrance out here by the road and you're there in the spring and the crepe myrtles are blooming and the lawn is perfect and the flowers in the flower bed and you're leaning up against the granite sign and you can only hear people as they drive by through the window saying, man, we had a good service today. And you say, man, I'd sure like to be in that service. You could only hear what the message was. You could only hear what the music was. You could only hear what the prayer was. You could only hear what the testimony was. That's probably almost as far as this guy was from the service he only had a second-hand relationship. He could not smell the incense. He could not hear the music. He could only have a second-hand experience. He's on the outside looking in. He can only hear the conversations of the people that are walking by, going in, exiting a second-hand message, a second-hand experience. He got close, but he couldn't get through. The access is denied for him. Here's the fifth thing. He cannot provide for himself. He cannot provide for himself. You know, for every man, that's a huge thing, or it should be a huge thing. How many of you know, guys, we're providers, right? We're protectors, we're providers. We should also be the priest of our home. So we're protectors, we're providers. He is dependent solely on the generosity of other people. Not only the generosity of them getting him there, but the generosity of what they put in his cup as he begs. He can't work. Every day what happens, somebody picks him up, takes him to the beautiful gate, lays him outside the gate, and he's hoping that somebody drops some pennies, some dimes, some quarters, and in those days maybe some silver or a golden coin in his cup to say, bless you, God bless you. He can't provide for himself. We don't know if he's married. We don't know if he has children. We really don't know exactly how old he is. But this guy is totally dependent on the generosity of the people who go into the temple and the people who exit the temple. You know why they're laying him at that gate? He thinks church people give more, people, give more money than other people. I mean, you know, he may be disappointed. I'm not for sure. Okay, pastor, move on. Uh, he cannot provide for himself. This guy cannot be self-sufficient, and it can be a huge blow to his ego and his life. Let's shift gears. But one day, something happened. One day, something happened. One day, there were two men 
that were handpicked by Jesus that were going to the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know why God allowed Peter and John to do this because from Scripture we know, when's this guy laid at the gate? Every day. How many of you think Jesus walked by him? I'm going to hold my hand up. I think Jesus walked by him. I think Peter walked by him. I think Johnny walked by him. Because if you were in that temple area, you could not go by him. Because every day, who's at that gate? That same man. He's there begging. They'd walk by. What is the difference this day? You have to go back a couple of chapters, I think. In chapter 1, Jesus said, go back to the upper room where we had the Last Supper. He said, tarry for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is what? The baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He said, wait there till you be endued with power from on high. In Acts 1, the promise is made. They go to the upper room. They're waiting for a few days. Acts 2, a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting and they all were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and then in Acts 3, now they're going to the temple. What's different? Today, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Today, they pass by with the presence of God, not just on them, but in them. Today, they pass by this man looking at him a different way than they've ever seen him they're not just relying on Jesus to do a miracle. Jesus is in them by the witness of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? amen? And they walk by, and here he is. He's begging. These two men have been commissioned and empowered to change the world. I want you to go into all the world. I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And now they're in Jerusalem, at the heart of Jerusalem. This is where this begins. And they walk by the lame man, and he's saying, alms, alms, alms. And Peter looks at him. And how many of you know Peter's always talking? <laughs> Peter's the one who speaks. And Peter looks at him, and he says, silver and gold we don't have any. But we got something. We got something. We don't have any silver or gold. And Peter said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he reached his right hand down to him and he grabbed him and pulled him up. And the Bible says immediately... Strength came to this man. Would you look at this with me? Money cannot fix every problem you have. Money can't fix all your problems. You have some problems today that money cannot fix. If you won the lottery today, tithe, but if you did, I hope Carrie does one day. We need to buy a ticket, but anyway... It won't fix all of our problems. Might make some things better. But money won't fix all your problems. Do you realize if Peter and John had put a handful of gold coins or a handful of silver coins in the cup, they wouldn't have fixed his problem. He had an ugly problem sitting at a beautiful gate. And sometimes you and I have an ugly problem that money will not fix. Only Jesus can fix it. Only Almighty God can fix our problem. And what he was expecting was really not what he needed, was it? 
He was expecting this, but that's really not what he needed. Look with me at verse number 3. The man, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look on us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. When Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who had set begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Do you realize he received an immediate answer to a long-term problem? You ever done this? God, I've had this problem so long. I've had this problem so long. It seems like I've had this problem forever and ever and ever. I don't think I'm ever going to get my answer. Do you realize in a moment a long-term problem was immediately solved? You may have been struggling with something today that's been going on years and years and years with your finances, with your marriage, with your body, with your children, and you've almost given up. I'm here to tell you that with God, all things are possible. That you may have had a long-term problem, but just like this man, an immediate answer can come in a moment in the twinkle of an eye. This guy got something he was not expecting. Aren't you glad God will just surprise you with some stuff? God will just show up when you don't think he's going to show up. You say, well, pastor, aren't we supposed to be people of faith? Yeah, sometimes God answers and it just shocks us, right? This guy received an immediate answer to a long-term problem. Immediately, catch this, he was able to go places he had never gone before. Now, I want you to perk up for a minute. This guy, all of his life was limited. He could only go to the gate, outside of the gate. Did you catch what scripture said? Immediately strength came to his ankle bones. He rose up, leaping, praising God. Where is the first place he went? He didn't go home. He didn't go to the street. He didn't go here. He didn't go there. The first thing he did, he entered inside of the temple with who? Peter and John, he was now able to go somewhere he had never, ever been before. Isn't that awesome? Could it be you have an ugly problem that has limited your access? Could it be you have some issues that if you allowed God to deal with those issues, you could get further in to his presence, further into your career, further into your marriage, further into your solution than you've ever been, but there's something that's holding you back? Could, could it be that you have a habit, you, you have a sin, you, you have a quirk, you have an issue that you have dealt with for years and that is keeping you from going forward. Depression, maybe it's low self-esteem, it could be anything. How many of you know God deals with all kind of stuff because people have all kind of stuff? So what, what, what is your issue that's keeping you at the gate? Beautiful place, ugly problem. But as soon as God touches his body, he jumps up leaping, praising God, and he goes into the temple because he's never, ever been able to go in there before. Now he has access he never had. Now he can go past the court of the women. 
He can go past the court of the men. He can go right up to the door that he can hear the priest and watch and smell the incense. And if God comes down in his glory, now he's able to experience the presence of God like he's never experienced it before. Now he can hear things he hadn't heard before. He can be with people he's never been before. And aren't you glad for the people who's carrying him every day? They don't have to carry him anymore. Mom doesn't have to make up his bed. Dad, dad doesn't have to change his oil in his car. He can get out of the basement, quit playing video games, get a job. Okay. Just saying. People can only get you so far, but God can take you places you've never been. God can solve issues that you can't solve. Do you know there's gates that you and I can't get through? I don't care how smart you are, how much money you have, how much clout you have. There is a gate called the straight and narrow gate you and I cannot get through except for Jesus. He couldn't get through the beautiful gate because of his problem. You and I can't get through the straight gate without Jesus. It doesn't make any difference how moral you are, how educated you are, how wonderful you are, how rich you are. The only way you get through that gate is because of Jesus, what he's done at the cross. I accept it by faith. I believe in him. And once you get through that gate, how many of you are glad you got through that gate? And if you hadn't been through that gate, you need to get through that gate because that is the gate that leads to eternal life. This man is at a beautiful place. He has an ugly problem. You and I have some ugly problems. You know what it's called? It's called sin. And the ugly problem of my sin nature can only be solved by the power of Jesus Christ. I cannot solve it on my own. How many of you tried to solve something on your own? Last night, Matt and I were working on an electrical problem. Let me just confess something to you. I am not an electrician. I know just enough to light myself up. We worked on this and we worked on this. And Matt was so frustrated with me. He said, Dad, you got the wrong plug. I said, we can make it work. I said, take the drill, drill the back of this plug out so we can get a larger opening. He just like looks at me, but he does it. And after everything we've done, it still won't work. Imagine that. Imagine that. And it's just a plug. You can fix a plug, right? Just a plug. Well, I guess I can't. But I guess you know that you've got bigger problems than a plug. You've got some problems called a sin nature that you absolutely can't fix on your own. Somebody has got to come along to say, you can get up from that place if you will. You don't have to live Groundhog Day every day of your life. This doesn't have to be the same. You don't have to have an ugly problem in a beautiful place. Peter and John came by and said, look on us. How do I get your attention? It's a good question every Sunday when we come in here, isn't it? How do I get your attention? How do I get you to see something you haven't seen before? How do I get you to hear something you hadn't heard before? How do I get you to look in a way that you haven't looked before? Because let me tell you, every time you look at Jesus, how many of you know, you're looking at the one who has your answer. You can be gripped by grief, pain, and infirmity. But the most important thing is your heart. 
He wants to come along and say, money won't fix your problem. I can fix your problem. And aren't you glad he can? Fix your marriage. Fix your job. You say, well, how's he going to fix my job? He's going to fix you. Everything will look different when you get fixed. This man will never, ever be the same again. Listen, when you meet Jesus, you're never, ever the same again. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.